Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your hosts, Jake Mendel and Josh House. We are still taking shots of Pepto-Bismol and washing it down with some saltines as we try to overcome Sunday's 48-20 to loss to the Buffalo Bills. Welcome into another episode of another Dolphins Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. Joshua will be back tomorrow, but it's the football season. We're here to talk football, and that's why I'm bringing back my good friend Dustin. You can find him on Twitter, on X, at DustinGoden13. Man, how are you recovering so far? Oh, it's a little bit of indigestion from that game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was a, you know, it's football, man. Every once in a while, you're going to get uh, punched in the face, and uh, I think we got that. And I mean, think about it. Who is who has never gotten punched in the face and won? I mean, Luke Skywalker got his hand cut off. I, I don't. I yes. don't. You, you kind of. It's like it's. Aerosmith said it right. You need to know how to lose to know how to win. That type of stuff. Nope, that's way too corny. We're not going to go too deep down that road. Instead, Dustin, everybody's wondered. Everybody's hair is on fire. Is it time to fire Vic Vangio after? an awkward, I should say a third awkward defensive performance. No. (laughs) In simple terms, in simple terms, no. I do put the majority of the blame on Sunday, again, again, on him and less so on the players. Um, I think the Bills offense watched what we have done in the way that we've been playing other teams and put a near perfect game plan against that uh and we didn't really change what we're doing enough um to stop you know for them to not be prepared against what we were bringing to the table what i saw quite a bit is is the second josh allen started to move his feet it seemed like safety it seemed like linebackers kind of started to panic and, and thinking what should i do what should i do and that's how the plays broke down and that's how josh allen started finding guys over the middle or even breaking free yeah, Thinking there's no, about doubt, the... in, no doubt in my mind that, like, right now our biggest problem on defense is off-ball linebackers at the moment. That's just, like, the thing that I keep zeroing in on when I'm watching. Like, I'm, I'm watching, you know, we talked about it in previous weeks about Long. Um, I mean, he looks kind of lost out there on coverage. Um, he had the, the touchdown that Diggs had on him, you know, in this last game. Um he, he's not looking good in coverage, and I don't think we should have ever expected, you know, great things from him in coverage. But it's probably below what we should have, what we were expecting. Um, so, I think long term, you know, he can probably turn that around and, and kind of get back to his middle of the road type coverage defender that he's that he usually does, you know. But um, he's having a bit of a go of it these last couple games. There was one play in particular where Josh Allen was rolling out to his right and it seemed like David Long didn't know what to do. It was either come at him or go cover um, James Cook and James Cook just sprinted up the sideline for like a 40 something yard gain on the play. He just kind of picked wrong. Overall, he was targeted four times. He allowed four receptions for a total of 90 yards. Josh Allen had a perfect passer rating against both David Long and Cater Kohu. So, so Dustin, I want to ask you, I mean, the Dolphins roster isn't where it's supposed to be right now. There's a bunch of cornerbacks out and, and you're, uh, you're missing one of your best pass rushers and Jalen Phillips. So just kind of looking at the game, 
what would they be doing differently? Is it more important that this uh, defense funnels people to the middle of the field so the linebackers don't have to extend to the sideline because that just seems like what they can't do? Or what, what would what would have been that quick fix uh, against the Buffalo Bills, considering that the the uh, there's a lot of uh, holes in that secondary, I should say. There is. Um, we, I mean, we talked a little bit about what to expect in this ga- game last week when we were asking questions like, you know, should we – put uh, cater on digs and let, you know, XB on uh, uh, Davis and kind of see where that goes. And I wasn't like fully on board with it. And I think on one hand, we have to acknowledge where cater is right now and what he is. I think through two weeks of the season or, or four weeks of the season, but particularly in the last two weeks, we need to acknowledge what he looks like when he's playing predominantly a a perimeter position. And he's clearly not a perimeter player, at least full-time to me. Um, He looks in a a ton better when he can play in that slot position and can keep the plays in front of him um, because on the perimeter, he has a tendency to like chase guys if that makes sense like he's not running the routes for them he's chasing them in their routes and he looks lost doing that Mm -hmm. um so whether we like eli apple's not the answer but you know getting him back and getting coke like coder coder cater would be an improvement over justin bethel in the slot immediately so Mm -hmm. that would help a lot um and in the modern nfl 50 to 60% of an NFL's offense runs through the slot. That's why nickel cornerbacks are getting paid so much these days, because uh, that's just where, you know, teams are making their bread and butter on this, on, on their slot receivers. I completely agree with you there. Would you have simply just put Xavier Howard? Would you have had him just kind of shadow uh, Stefan Diggs? And it's important to keep in mind here. X is awesome. X Mm-hmm. what draft the second round 2016 draft he's been a great Miami Dolphin and I'm definitely not trying to hate here whatsoever but everyone's kind of under the impression that it was like this simple fix you have Xavier Howard shadow Stefan Diggs and, and everything's better but what people are kind of forgetting here is that against the Denver Broncos Xavier Howard was targeted in coverage six times he allowed five receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown. And I'm not saying he's a bad cornerback. <laughs> against exactly. So, but what I'm what I'm trying to get at here is that I think X is still going to have games where he shines, but I don't think he can be the reason you you win in the secondary. I don't think he can be that lockdown joker that you can move around. I don't think he's ever been that guy. I think he's at his best when he is comfortable where he is. He knows when he can turn around and see a, a quarterback. I think both most of his interceptions are when he's not even being targeted in coverage, he just knows how to read quarterbacks that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely would have tried to, to put X on Diggs more. I mean, Diggs only lined up over X eight times in the game. I probably would have, if I was Fangio, I probably would have tried to get that up a little bit just to see if like, Hey, the bills clearly understand what we're trying to do on defense right now. Let's throw a wrench in it. Um, and X did a great job at shutting down Gabe Davis whenever, you know, he was going against Gabe, uh, Gabe really only had success when he went inside on the slot and like went against Bethel. Um, so I certainly would have tried it, but it would be more of like to shake things up because as you already alluded to, I don't know, it would have been any better 
against Diggs. Like Diggs is going to get his his numbers no matter what. The question is how much can you limit him? And you know maybe maybe X could have, but you know going this year, he and Cater had um, virtually identical performances against Cortland Sutton, except for the uh, interception. So. I don't think you can expect different results, but you know, what's the definition of insane of doing the same thing and expecting the results to change? Like I would have tried it, but I don't, I wouldn't have expected it for sure. No. And, and I completely agree with you there that something should have been a little different. Um, I guess I was more alluding to just like a simple fix of, Hey, that, that should have been the way. And, and X had a pretty solid game. He only allowed one reception in coverage for a total of eight yards. Um, to digs. <laughs> it's fair point. But then, too, you know, something – I mean, I said this a bunch, that I kind of was a fan of putting Cater Kohu on Stephon Diggs. I thought Stephon Diggs – I mean, you look early in the year, week one, 29 plays in the slot. I'm not saying that Cater Kohu should have blanketed him. I mean, Stephon Diggs is a great, great receiver. But the biggest thing that blows my mind, man, that absolutely blows my mind is the missed tackles. That went wrong more than I think the coverage did. When you miss nine tackles against the Buffalo Bills, you are in deep – deep trouble and cater kohu his biggest strength tackling we have spent mm-hmm. time and time again saying that hey he's gonna allow some receptions but it's gonna allow six yards per reception because he's that good at tackling but it is getting a little apparent that he is uncomfortable on the outside sorry if you already heard these stats but i mean slot corner week one and week two 53 snaps and 61 snaps and then he was pushed out to the uh wide corner in week three and week four where he played 43 snaps and 40 things certainly look different for Kohu but where does Miami go in the short term obviously you know Jalen Ramsey comes back instant fix Nick Needham comes back I don't he's actually kind of a slot corner too but I guess you probably play him at the boundary over someone like Kater Kohu but what's the quick fix going into New York or New York coming to Miami potato potato yeah um I'm not 100% sure there is a uh, insert player X as a quick fix. I think the quick fixes will be more schematic uh, changes. Um, Right now, I think Fangio looks like he's not super comfortable with his roster at the moment. Um, And like, it's bringing back memories from preseason where he's like, yeah. And this is before the Ramsey injury, even like, He's like, yeah, we've got we've got, you know, some guys in the backfield and, and on the perimeter. But, you know, we're really kind of still trying to find those guys at like the opposite safety position and the linebacker position. And I, I kind of feel like he he's calling things a bit vanilla at the moment um, uh, in order to kind of compensate for his un, his his queasiness uh, Love it. with with the roster. <laughs> um so I think I think they need to make a bit more. They they need to find a middle ground in their aggressiveness, and they also probably need to stop dropping Chubb and coverage so much. Is my other thing that is bothering me. Um, but as far as Cater, like I think again, just moving him from the perimeter back to slot is an instant upgrade too. Because like if we go back and we look at those first two games where he played. Um, predominantly slot in, in week one he played 68 percent of his sl- of his snaps at the slot position in week two 82 percent and in week one he had a 73 grade in coverage and week two he had an 81 grade in coverage now you bring him into week three where zero percent snaps you know in coverage it goes down to a 59.7 which is below average and then obviously this week it's 20 uh what was it 28 
0.7 or something like that. Like he's and and like that kind of stuff is showing up on film because again, he's not when he's on the perimeter, he's he's not reading and reacting, he's just reacting. Um mm-hmm. and I it's a, it's kind of a problem. Whereas when he's in the slot, he can keep the the zone in front of him and then he does much better at reading that kind of situation. So moving him back inside will definitely help whether we have to put Eli Apple back on the, on the perimeter. Um, if he's even healthy right now, I'm not sure. Um, or if Needham can play perimeter. I, I, I'm not sure either about that, but I think those like schematics and pushing, um, uh, Kohu back to the slot will be big helps. And Elliot. We need Elliot back. I couldn't. Let's talk about that for a second. I could not believe the impact of not having Deshaun Elliott had on this Miami Dolphins roster because, I mean, Brandon Jones, you won't find a bigger fan. I mean, he's just a hard hitting kind of reminds me of Rashad Jones in a way, just someone who's going to make Mm -hmm. his impact felt. He's going to get beat sometimes, but man, I just couldn't believe how bad he was on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. He had, let me see here, two missed tackles, a tackling grade of 27.9. So, I mean, one thing that I'm, I'm starting to wonder though, and this could be me coping 100%. Uh, you know, living up here in Massachusetts, anytime the Patriots dynasty, right, was starting to break early in the season, uh, everyone would get excited. You know, there were some years, 2013 Dolphins were 3-0, and and now are they coming for the division, yada, yada, yada. But there was always the conversation of, you know, Bill Belichick uses that first month of the season to kind of feel things out, to figure out his team, what players are good at, what they're not. Do you think there's any of it? this happening with Vic Fangio and this defense, or is it all by necessity? Because I kind of do think that, hey, you had two clean-cut games with Kohu at slot. We're 2-0. Let's see what these guys can do. Let's line up some guys a little differently and see if it's helpful, but I don't know if that's really the case. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there is a level of both uneasiness in wanting to try different things and see, like throwing spaghetti at the cabinet to see if it sticks kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um but I also think there is a factor of it's just these players are new to the scheme. And so we're not necessarily playing instinctually yet. Because that kind of seems what Vic Fangio's defense really is, right? There's, there's a solid foundation. And then after that, it's kind of here are your rules, go follow them. And that's kind of our game plan. Uh, but I do wonder if, especially early in the season, it's just kind of sit back. You know, we won a couple games early, and, and let's try to figure this stuff out because while it does hurt to lose a game in Buffalo, especially like that, I mean, it feels 10 times better to win a game like that in Miami come, you know, week 18. Yeah, totally. I think that Fangio deserves a lot of blame for the Buffalo game. And we have to also kind of keep in mind, too, that Allen has had good performances against Fangio defenses before. Like, so it ju- there could be just one of those matchup things. and. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of really the way to get to, uh, to Josh Allen in particular is, um, heavy pressure. And we clearly didn't get that on, on the, in the game. And I, I almost don't want to say this because Dolphins fans are Dolphins fans, but Boyer's defense is kind of tailor made for Buffalo. Um, Mm -hmm. it's terrible against everybody else, but, uh, that's the kind of defense that, gives Josh Allen fits. Now, I guess 
you have to ask yourself, like, do you want to build your entire defense to play well against one team or a whole range of teams because the season is 17 games? You know, do you want to, like, do you do you need to tailor to beat two of your games or 17 or the greater number of your 17 games? And and that's where we're at, I think. I think with Fangio and his scheme, we have a system that has proven to be good over the course of a season in multiple places. We just need to get more familiar with it, and I think we will. Andrew Van Ginkle has been a stud, absolute stud. Whatever Vic Fangio said for him to re-sign in Miami, I mean, it was like the perfect pitch. I don't know if he did the Pat Riley, just drop rings on the table and say, (laughs) hey, let's go type of thing. Uh, But he has three sacks on the season for the Miami Dolphins. He had Miami's only two sacks on Sunday against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. No other player on the Dolphins has more than one sack. Dustin, what on earth is happening? I have a ticket here that Jalen Phillips could win Defensive Player of the Year. Andrew Van Ginkle, we understand how good he is, but Bradley Chubb, MIA, I mean, what, 48 total snaps, 22 against the run, 22 against the pass, and then four in coverage. Where is this uh, energy up front going to come from? I think Christian Wilkins has been solid. We obviously want a little bit more. Zach Sealer, solid, but we haven't seen any of those wild performances from that defensive line that's being paid strictly for wild performances. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, Push back just a tiny bit on the Van Ginkle stud stuff. Um, I think he's playing very good. But I think context matters here a little bit because we talk about, oh, Van Ginkle had the only two sacks in the game. But, like, if you go back and watch those two sacks, the first one is caused because Chubb got there first and then Van Ginkle did a cleanup. The second one was because Wilkins got there first and then Van Ginkle did a cleanup. So this is to say that while Van Ginkle is playing really good, I don't think we can, like, we can rightfully say that he's our best pass rusher, like I'm saying. I I just don't see it. I see a player that is benefiting on second opportunity sacks, and and that's not a primetime situation for me. And I also think Chubb, at least in pass rush, played better than again on Sunday than people are giving him credit for. Um, I, I saw five or six times that he completely beat his man and, you know, it just didn't turn into a sack for other reasons, whether, you know, it was a one step drop type, just kind of screen that Allen was doing, or, um, there was just, I thought he had a pretty good win percentage, you know, in that game. Um, he looked terrible in coverage and he looked terrible against the run in that game. I'll give you that. But I think in pass rush, he performed better than people are giving him credit for. He was Miami's third highest pass rusher, according to pro football focus. There are some, it's so funny to talk about defensive ends because you can see three plays that make someone look like the absolute worst player in the entire league. And then the next three plays, they look like the best player. And and I a hundred percent get what you mean. I mean, Andrew Van Genkel isn't this, you know, second coming of Michael Strahan or anything like that, but and he's definitely not a one-man band, but I'm just going to be interested to see how he does throughout the year because, I mean, his numbers and coverage have been solid, and if that mm-hmm. sack number reaches anywhere near 10, that dude's going to get paid. He's going to get absolutely yeah. paid by someone who does who might see what we see or what you saw specifically, but still, I mean, those not the flashy numbers, everybody wants them. So, so one of the things we have to keep in mind when evaluating Van Ginkle is they're not sending him a high percentage uh, to pass rush um, of his snaps. And that helps him because it keeps him off the radar of the offensive line a little bit. And number two, 
again, a high percentage of his sacks are what I call effort sacks. They're not technique snacks or because he just dominated his guy. So I don't think if those two things remain static, he'll hit anywhere close to 10. Um, I think he's going to have to start generating his own um, like non-second effort sacks in order to get to that number. Um, and I think Phillips will come back anyway, and it'll kind of relegate him back to more of a positional rotation. But that's just my opinion on that. It's definitely going to be a pick and choose. And um, two, I do think that at least for the time being, Van Ginkle will be that nickel linebacker. So I'm interested to see. Yeah. And as we look ahead, let, let's start stacking the bricks and we're trying to rebuild um, the perfect Miami Dolphins castle, I guess we'll say. Uh, where do you think the step-by-step process begins? Is it as simple as Jalen Phillips returns? All of a sudden the pass rush is just throw a number out there 15% better and you're 15% more likely to get to a quarterback and all of a sudden everything kind of falls into line with that or, or what needs to be that first step to be headed in the right direction? I think, yeah, I think Phillips coming back would be a big help. I think Baker is kind of in the doghouse right now and I am kind of curious to see how Van Ginkle could play at strong side middle linebacker or Why even do you think weak that side. Is like, for Baker? Um, it's kind of the the issue Baker has always had. Like he's got all the athleticism in the world. He can go sideline to sideline with his with his agility, but it's he just doesn't make the right reads often enough that a guy like Fangio is, would be comfortable with. Do you think going into next year, Miami would prefer to have two brand new inside linebackers? I mean, I would. <laughs> It's oh, man, it's so tough because I don't think I know what a good line. I mean, yes, Fred Warner, there are studs out there, but I don't know what a, what a good linebacker inside linebacker looks like. I mean, I haven't seen one of those on the Miami Dolphins enough. Carlos Dansby, been since like, I was gonna say it's probably been since Carlos Dansby, one of the worst decisions ever. Kevin Burnett, Carlos Dansby, I thought that was a stud combo, and then yeah. Danelle Irby and Philip Wheeler. Yeah, this week, the Do- guy. <laughs> brutal man, absolutely brutal. The Dolphins do have something going for them though. And as we begin to wrap up here, I'd love to get your thoughts. The Giants have been outscored. I believe it's now 77 to nine in the first halves of games. The Dolphins aren't going to walk into this game probably too happy. I think they're going to want to come out and say, hey, like, yeah, we scored 70. Teams coming off of a, I think it's scoring more than 60. I think follow-up are one in six following that, I think. I believe Miami will want to come out and prove, hey, we're here. We've arrived. That Giants offensive line is brutal, man. It's absolutely brutal. So if you had to pick one guy on that defensive line, just a circle for to watch every single play because they're going to make everything hum, who, who are your eyes going to? Yeah, I'm going to, you know, a couple of weeks back, you asked me about how I'm feeling about Wilkins and how much we should pay him and all that stuff. And one of the things that we talked about was his pressures. Um, I think Wilkins has a uh, a splash game in pass rushing. He's due. He is definitely due. Before I let you go, Dustin, I do got to get a game prediction. Dolphins sitting at three and one, two and one on the road, one and oh at home. Do they improve the two and oh on Sunday? Actually, first, let me word it a little differently here. It's survivor pool season. It's starting to get a little hairy. Would you ever in a million years in your right mind pick the Dolphins in, in a survivor pool? Gosh, I'm so terrible at survivor pools anyway. Um, I just feel like I jinx it. And I'm, I'm leading Dolphins this week. We also have Lions. There's another option, but I'm always horrified that I'm going to jinx it because the Dolphins can go Dolphins at any single moment. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I, I haven't played fantasy the past few years, but when I did, I, like, almost never drafted Dolphins players because I didn't want to jinx it. Um, so I would pick the Dolphins on particular weeks. Um, Is this one of but, them? Man, Daniel Jones looks so bad right now. He does. He looks so bad that offensive line looks bad. Saquon Barkley is out. And I think I think the Seahawks scored, what, 27 points with under 300 yards from scrimmage, too? I think something along those lines. That just kind of shows how how messed up that Giants team is right now. And and especially, too, you have the energy of playing at home in prime time, and, and that's the performance you give. I mean, that's it's now short week. Go to Miami. Yeah. And then on top of all that, like from, from the Dolphins' perspective, we need to kind of quiet some people up because – Right now, there's a very, there's a narrative out there that, oh, who did the Dolphins beat? They they whooped the, the Broncos, who allowed the Bears to score insane numbers. We beat the, uh, the Patriots, who aren't really doing anything like crazy right now. And we beat um, the Chargers, who lost to the Titans, and um, with, with Tannehill playing pretty poorly in that game, like, and then we get whooped by uh, Buffalo. So the Dolphins have got to have in their mind that, hey, this game has to be a game that we go out there and prove that we're not frauds. I don't think they are, but men- mentally, I think, like I saw, what's his name? The the guy who was on The Real World and uh, Kyle Brandt. Uh, he uh, is out there saying things like, oh, oh, oh. You guys were trying to say you're the next big thing. You're revolutionary. First of all, we never said any of that stuff. That was you guys, the media that said all that stuff. But I digress. Those kind of opinions are, they need to be kind of uh, shuttered. And the Dolphins need a pretty good performance, I would say, to do that. Um, So I think they're going to be hungry for it. The thing that kind of bothers me about that talk, I mean, that game against Tennessee for the Chargers, that was in Tennessee, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. it's important to keep in mind here. The Dolphins have started the season with three of their first four games on the road and winning two of the three. I mean, it's just such an important factor to keep in mind here. Right? Obviously you can warp the stats to uh, fit your narrative and Hey, the Dolphins haven't played anyone, but I mean, Buffalo didn't play anyone before the Dolphins. I mean, if everyone wants to call the Dolphins frauds, why are we saying that the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the league because they beat Washington and the Raiders and the fraud Dolphins? Right. I mean, it, it's just a very weird argument to try and have, and I don't understand it. I mean, that's that's debate, though, right? Like, it's true. like pe- people always take, like, the extreme arguments whenever, you know, it's us versus them kind of stuff. Uh, you see it in all fa- facets of life, so, you know. Um, you just got to use it to your, to your, your, add it to your hate fire fuel and, and, and go. <laughs> you should put that on a t-shirt. Dustin, before I let <laughs> you go, I know I've already said this, but can I please get that? Uh, can I get a final score prediction? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. I think the defense has a very good game against the giants. So I'm going to say the giants are going to score 10 and the dolphins are going to score 27 that's it Ooh, all right all right i'd go even a 40 burger i think i think they want a statement of a 40 burger but i mean i I mean consider you know i'll be in the stand so i'll be happy to see that um but i think 27 is uh you know it's if if connor williams comes back maybe that's that's perfect 
Otherwise, you know, maybe they'll get that first touchdown and then try to just keep the Giants like a little far away. So when disaster strikes and Liam Eikenberg avalanche just rolls over to um, we'll be I ready mean, for it type thing. You can't have your center have a four in, pa- in pass blocking efficiency, uh, pass blocking grade and be successful. Just... Mr. Incredible ain't too incredible. Mer- Merrick, who does the show with us on Wednesday, he said he looks exactly like Mr. Incredible and now I can't get that out of my mind. I feel a little bad sometimes because like when we drafted him, I was talking with, uh, you know, on draft night with my uncle and we were talking about Eichenberg and, and um, Eichenberg, it was like, oh, on one hand, Eichenberg didn't let a single sack in his, you know, senior season. I was like, all right, but Eichenberg is like a Honda Civic. Like, and, and even this was generous because I thought he was going to be like a low tier, reliable type of offensive tackle. Uh mm-hmm but he's not even that low tier. He's just like in the bargain basement at this point. He's like the, he's like the Dihatsu. Total whiff, total whiff. And, and, and I hate, I try to be a little more positive with players, but I mean, it's just so hard to find. I mean, his, his metrics at left guard were awful. We don't even need to, we don't need to talk about left tackle and and center's just been Mm -hmm. a mess, but uh, yeah, you said it best. Hopefully Connor Williams is back. Yep, exactly. Thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. We will talk to you next time, but more importantly, until then, it's up.